0: Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: (laughs) Bonnie in the house. Welcome, 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 welcome. We have a packed house and we have a delicious topic for you today, yogurt. Whether you love it, where you're not sure, whether you've never heard of it, I don't know where you've been living, but we're going to talk about yogurt, the future of yogurt and technology. I have four wonderful experts here with me, lots of points of view and lots of interesting knowledge. So let me give you a little historical background. Yogurt from the Turkish word yogurt, with a funny little umlaut over the G, is a food produced by bacterial fermentation of milk. It's usually related to the verb mak, which is to knead, K-N-E-A-D, or to be curdled or coagulated or to thicken. The ancient Greeks had a cuisine item, a dairy product known as Oxygala that was related to it. I'm not going to go through the whole history, but I'll tell you that in 2017, the average American, everybody sit down now, ate 13.7 pounds. I didn't say ounces, 13.7 pounds of yogurt. And because yogurt may contain live cultures, it is often associated with the term probiotics, which have been said to have positive effects on your immune system cardiovascular and metabolic health according to the nih the future of yogurt is in the hands of scientists technologists and policymakers. there was a clear opportunity to build the knowledge tools and products needed to position a portfolio of new foods based on the concepts of traditional yogurt. How about that? My panel includes today Matt Billings at AYO Yogurt. We'll find all about his delicious company. Lori Corbin, we're so excited to have her from ABC7. You all may know her very well. Maria Ibrahim is with us at Eat Cleaner. We'll find out what in the world that is. And Bernadette Judge and RM, we're going to get a maybe a medical perspective, I'm not sure, for their take on yogurt of the future, a healthy taste of technology. Welcome again. Again, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, thrilled to be here. We haven't done a food topic in a long, long time, and it just occurred to me yogurt could be a lot of fun to talk about. So here we are. Matt Billings, welcome. So happy to have you. Would you please introduce yourself to my audience in case, Matt, there might be five people in the world who don't already know who you are. Talk to those five people and tell them. Welcome, Matt.
2: Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, thanks for having, having me. Uh, name's Matt Billings. I'm a fourth-generation almond farmer from uh, – California, the Central Valley of California, and uh, we started uh, making a almond milk-based yogurt about a year ago, really been in stores since January, probably not the best time to roll out a new brand during the middle of the COVID crisis, but uh, we really love our almonds. Uh, we, we grow organic and conventional, so we're making the yogurt out of the organic almonds, and we wanted to share share our product that we grow and we nurture with the uh, with the world. So we started making it, and we we're selling it throughout the nation.
1: Matt, that's very exciting. Why almonds, may I ask?
2: That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, they, they grow really well in this area. They they claim the Central Valley of California is a Mediterranean climate. I've been to the Mediterranean, and it's not as hot as it is here, so I don't know. I think it's a marketing ploy. But anyway... Um, uh, in, in California, about eighty eighty five 85% of the world's almonds come from California. So it's a crop that grows really well in this region.
1: Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you. Looking forward to a Thanks. lot more from you. Lori Corbin, ABC7. Welcome, Lori, please. I'm going to say in case there's 0.2 of a person in the world who doesn't know who you are, talk to them and introduce yourself, please, Lori.
0: You flatter me, Bunny. Um, thank you. Um, you know, I I've just—I've been doing uh, nutrition and fitness for ABC Seven for twenty years. I was in Arizona, so I recognize the heat. Uh, we're talking about that today. Um, from Arizona for three years, and basically, I was just a nutritionist and a trainer that. Um, made it onto a guest as a show uh, on a morning show one time, and it seemed to work well and really never really thought to go into television, but I was lucky enough to do that. So ABC seven has been my home for the last 20 years and my, my projects, my my um, goal is basically just to inform people on what's happening out in the world, in the world of nutrition and fitness, and also uh, what to look for, what not to look for. And that's always an important thing, too, because the information out there is vast. And now with technology as it is, you know, you can sell something Pretty, uh, pretty well on the web and may or may not be good for you. So it's my job to try to weed that out and just, you know, kind of get to the basics. So I can't say I'm anything but a three minute expert or a minute 45 is what we get today. But, um, (laughs) you know, keeping my finger on the pulse of those things is my goal.
1: Thank you, Lori. Were you surprised when I mentioned that in 20, a couple of years ago, 13.7 pounds of yogurt was the average consumption of US adults? What do you think? Agree or disagree? Or eh, what do you think?
0: You know, I, I wouldn't have ever been able to tell you a number, but I know when things get hot, it's you know the market is inundated. It seems like we, somebody might bring something to the to the groceries uh, aisle, but it's up to the consumer to drive it. Uh, Matt probably agrees with me on that. And um, so, once something was great, then food manufacturers rush to. Create you know every candy coated sprinkled opportunity that they could so uh, you know I think it it turned into a dessert Um, so I'm I'm not really that surprised.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. That's true. I used to look for these. I won't mention the brand, but a a, a yogurt with chocolate and had a little bit of something like chocolate pudding in the bottom. And I would scoop instead of the fruit. I would scoop up a little bit of the chocolate, and I loved. I can't find it anymore. We'll have to talk to Matt about that. Thank you, Laurie. Pleasure to have you, Maria. Abraham, please introduce yourself and tell us what is Grow Green Industries and what is Eat Cleaner. Welcome. Ah,
3: yeah, hi. Thanks for having me on, Bonnie. Um, I go by the Fit Foodie, and uh, my perspective on food is based from a culinary perspective, uh, having gone to cooking school, but also a holistic nutrition understanding because I have certification in that. So I really fuse the food side with the nutrition side. Um, I'm the author of a relatively new book, it just came out last year, called Eat Like You Give a Fork, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive. And um, I'm also the co-inventor of a line of products called Eat Cleaner. We make a whole line of products for food safety and shelf life extension that I co-invented with my father who's an environmental scientist. Um, Those products are used to cleanse produce, of wax, pesticide residue, and the bacteria that can cause foodborne illness. Uh, Nowadays with with COVID, it's very, very important to cleanse your food because while food is not necessarily a carrier, people are, and they sneeze and they touch and they handle um, our fresh produce. So cleansing your produce with something other than water is really important. I also publish a Yearly trend report. So um, last year I did my eighth consecutive year of trend reporting in the food industry And so trends and identifying what's hot is very much in my wheelhouse um, So yogurt is a v- big part of my culture too, being Middle Eastern It's much more of a used protein as a main meal than I think um, we see here in the US So I have a lot of input on this subject
1: Thank you, Maria. I wish I had known about your product years ago when I was impacted personally by what they were spraying on apples, any fruit with a fuzzy skin like kiwis, peaches. Uh, I became allergic to all of those, sometimes strawberries for years and won't go near them anymore, reactions. And I think it was what they were spraying on the fruit in the fields. And if I had had an p- option to, to clean them or understand how to rid the skin or the covering of those kinds of pesticides, it Possibly would have put those back on my menu. They're off for now, but thank you. Uh, well, now we can. <laughs> now, now it can, and you work with your father. How cool is that? I haven't heard of that in a long time. It's wonderful. Is he? Where is he now?
3: Uh, he's here in California, and. Um, He was an emeritus professor and, um, you know, he's our chief technology and science officer. (laughs) So advancing food safety science and and really the art of extending shelf life too and making your produce last longer without oxidizing, still tasting good. Mm -hmm. You know, food safety and food waste are the two biggest issues in food today. So it's important that we give those some airtime.
1: Thank you very much. Welcome, Bernadette Judge RN. Loving having you on the panel. I love it. Our, our listeners can't see you on Zoom the way I am. They can't see that Lori is out somewhere over the moon in a in a planetary uh, vision of some blue planet with a light shining on it. Matt is in front of a very erudite looking bookshelf. Uh, Maria has a beautiful picture of some scenery and, and a wonderful mantle behind her and Bernadette has the most gorgeous picture of a tree. I'd love to know what it is, but Bernadette, please introduce yourself and then tell us what is your background art.
4: Well thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm a registered nurse. I started my healthcare career working at UCSD in the research department. After that I went on to work for a high profile OBGYN in San Diego. And wanting to expand a little bit out, I took a position in an outpatient surgery center that focused on GI and ophthalmology, which is a little strange, but it was interesting because I worked both sides. Um, going back to my research roots, I started working with stem cells, which really opened my eyes to integrative medicine and the whole body approach and took me out of just focusing on Western medicine and looking to other, other options for health. Um, Currently, I run operations for Niputix, which is a supplement company and educational platform focused on whole body wellness. I've watched two very close people to me die of disease and one passed not because of the disease, but because of the side effect of the medication. Mm -hmm. So I'm really passionate about now teaching people how to prevent the diseases and what options you have if you're active in the disease. Um, I'm a native San Diegoan, and I live here with my family.
1: Nice to meet you, Bernadette. What's your relationship to yogurt? You're on this panel. You're all here through Jessie Kopach. We appreciate Jessie, or Kopach. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but Jessie, if you're out listening, thank you so much for this wonderful panel. Bernadette, what's your thought or your overview on yogurt? Why are you here?
4: I love probiotics. I love gut health, and I think yogurt is a great way to get some probiotics into your system and have a healthy gut.
1: Everybody wants a healthy gut. There you go. From the gut. Thank you for Bernadette. And Bernadette, what is that artwork behind you?
4: Well, I think it's like a life tree. Yes. So you have all the different branches and the colors representing people. That's how I, when I bought it, that's what I thought.
1: It makes a beautiful backdrop. I almost thought it was virtual. Thank you, Bernadette. Welcome. (laughs) This is a part of the show. Now that you've met my guests and they all have some relationship to yogurt, we're going to start with the quotes they sent me before the show. I've asked for a quote from a movie, a book, a song, a person famous, not so famous, and they're going to relate the quote to our topic. So let's start with Matt Billings at AYO Yogurt. Matt has sent us a quote from Julia Child. Let me give a little tiny background, Matt, and then I'll read the quote and ask you to relate it and why you picked it. Julia Carolyn child, Nee McWilliams, 1912 to 2004, was an American cooking teacher, author, and TV personality. I don't know if the younger generation can appreciate opening, turning on the TV and saying, I'm Julia Child. And she certainly had a commanding presence in her kitchen, and I still have a lot of cookbooks from her. She's recognized for bringing French cuisine to the American public with her debut cookbook, mastering the art of French cooking. I have that. And her subsequent TV programs, the most notable was The French Chef, which premiered in 1963. Wow, was that a long time ago. Here's the quote Matt has picked. People who love to eat are always the best people. Everybody raise their hand if they love to eat. Matt, (laughs) how did you pick this? How did you find this quote? Tell me.
2: Oh, I've always been a huge fan of Julia Child. Uh, Actually, I baked a wedding cake, our wedding cake, my wife and I, during our wedding, out of a Julia Child cookbook. So, not the groom's cake, but the actual wedding cake, which made a lot of people nervous. But uh, <laughs> I've always loved Julia. I loved her uh, ability to bring and simplify food and uh, the relationship with family and friends around it and just good good taste. And maybe not quite as nutritious or healthy as currently with as much butter as she used, but I still love butter, but... I just uh, i have always loved Julie Childs, and I think uh, it's a very good quote.
1: It's a good quote. How would we relate that to yogurt? Would we say that people who love to eat – let's insert a word. Let's take poetic license here. Let's say people who love to eat yogurt ah are always the best people. Can we, can we make that leap of, of faith with a poetic license? Matt, what do you think? Should we go there?
2: I think absolutely you can. <laughs>
1: okay. Thank you very much. You gave me permission, and I ran with it. Laurie <laughs> Corbin has picked a quote from Henry Ford, 1863 to 1947, American industrialist and big business magnet, M A G N A T E. For those of you who are not familiar with the word, founder of the Ford Motor Company and chief developer of the assembly line technique of mass production. He created the first automobile that middle class Americans could afford, and converted the car from an expensive curiosity. Wow, Bernie, would you look at that driving down the road. Maybe we could get one of those one day into an accessible conveyance that would profoundly impact the landscape of the 20th century and beyond. Here's the quote Lori has picked. You can do anything if you have enthusiasm. Lori, please relate this to our topic of yogurt and technology.
0: Yeah, well, you couldn't have today's Corvette if you didn't have the Model T, if you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> um, and actually, I probably had a better quote. I just didn't know who said it. And so then I had to go onto the internet and look at quotes and some of them were really good, but they didn't have who said them. So I saw Henry's and I'm like, yeah, that works for me. Because I think when you're looking at yogurt and you're looking at innovation, uh, first of all, we probably would appreciate the model T of yogurt, you know, the one that was just plain, the one that really probably had the best uh, benefits. Bernadette would probably go, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what we've done to uh, prostitute yogurt now is, you know, abysmal, even though, yeah, I'm like, Bonnie, I like the one that had the co- Dan and coffee. I'm going to admit, you know, I used to buy a dozen of them a week. I loved it. It was a dessert, though. I didn't look at it like health food. But... Um, so, yes, I think uh, you know if you don't have energy in what you believe in, uh, you're probably gonna have pretty subpar products. so um, you know we we need that we need that Henry Ford attitude today, <laughs> especially like- you.
1: Thank you very much. Good, good quote. Maria Abraham has picked a quote from Bob Marley, the song Three Little Birds. Who doesn't know that? Three Little Birds is a song by Bob Marley and the Wailers. It's the fourth track on side two of their 1977 album, Exodus. Wow. And it was released as a single in 1980. Maria, that is 40 years ago is when this song was released. It released, reached the top 20 in the UK, peaking at number 17. It's one of his most popular songs. It's been covered by many artists. And the song is often thought to be called Don't Worry About a Thing or Every Little Thing's Gonna Be All Right. And the quote is, don't worry about a thing because every little thing's gonna be all right. Maria, how'd you find this one? And what does this have to do with yogurt?
3: Well, it's interesting. This song has always showed up in my life and it's always showed up when I need it. Um, It showed up when my husband's mom passed away a little over a year ago. And then it showed up again when my mom passed away a a little over a year ago. Um, And I know that sounds sad, but we are also living in a very hard time right now. And it, no matter how, positive you are it's tough and it's tough for manufacturers it's tough for consumers but we will come out of it and the market you know for some is actually proving to be a really opportune time to be creative and innovative and I think out of the hardest times that's what we have seen in history so I think this is a battle cry song that we should not feel like it's doomsday, but actually this is the time to kind of dig our heels in and get creative and, um, and kind of explore what is next. We know so much about gut health now, and we know what the power of probiotics are. What can we do to take food to the next level so that it really does heal and, um, and serve people in a way that keeps them strong, builds their immunity, Um, and and helps to give them the fortress that they need, that shield of armor to protect them when disease happens.
1: Thank you very much. Wonderful quote. I was telling Maria before the show that my I have a Latin dance band. I'm a drummer. I'm a drummer chick. I'm allowed to say that. Or chick drummer. And um, we were playing Every Little Thing's Gonna Be All Right at our garage concert for our neighbors last week. And everybody loves that song. Thank you, Maria. Bernadette Judge RN has picked a quote from John Lennon. We love song quotes. We love movie quotes, Bernadette. John Lennon, let me just give the background on the song. Imagine is a song by English rock musician John Lennon. It was one of the original Beatles, from the 1971 album of the same name, the best-selling single of his solo career. Mm. Its lyrics encourage listeners to imagine a world at peace without the barriers Of borders or the divisions of religion and nationality and to consider the possibility the whole of humanity would live unattached to material possessions. Shortly before his death and he was assassinated, Lennon said much of the song's lyric and content came from his wife, Yoko Ono, and in 2017 she wished to receive co-credit for writing it with him. Here's the quote. I think everybody knows this one too. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I have to do that so quietly, Bernadette. It's such an emotional line. Bernadette, what in the world does this have to do with yogurt? Talk
4: to me. Um, I've, I've always loved this song. I've always loved this quote because I feel that it can relate to anything in the future. It brings about hope. It bring, and it lets you know that hope isn't alone. And I think working with several scientists early in my career, that's what they were. They were dreaming. They were hoping. They were hoping to find these solutions. So with any innovation, like even just yogurt, there, there there are things that we don't even know about, scientists are working on for these formulations to bring better health, and it's just yogurt. And sometimes we often don't think about it in that way. And I, I'm sure Matt can relate, like this is a dream, like it was your dream to start doing this. So that's how I was kind of relating it. Obviously, it, it relates to everything that's going on right now in the tough times, but um, But it's just, I I could see all the different, the the different people that go into making the yogurt on all different levels and Mm -hmm. what they see and they dream to be the end product to help people.
1: Very interesting. Thank you. I want to tell you that uh, part of what I didn't read, part of my research in the beginning, this will be interesting for all of you. There was a Nobel, Russian Nobel laureate and biologist named Ilya Metchnikov. And he hypothesized that the regular consumption of yogurt was responsible, get this everyone, for the unusually long lifespans of Bulgarian peasants. And that's why he popularized yogurt throughout Europe. It was then introduced to the U.S. in the first decade of the 20th century, and I think uh, Bernadette will appreciate this, and Maria especially, in tablet form, because it was seen as a digestive aid for people who had trouble with their digestion, as well as home culturing of yogurt. So it came in tablet form. Very, very interesting. So let's, now that we've done the quotes, and thank you everyone, I appreciate your quotes, all very good ones, and all good explanations. Let's start with the predictions round of the show, and each of my panelists has sent me four, I believe, and we're going, to go through them one at a time so matt billings at a y o yogurt let's start with your number one i'll read it and ask you to expand it about two minutes tell sure. us your point of view on this and then i'll read one from laurie and one from maria and one from bernadette and then we'll go for round two so everybody put your seatbelt on so matt says yogurt is a healthy food that is a good trend the perfect choice for every diet this is what i want you to talk about from vegan to primal Every serving of non-GMO certified, and he talks about his product, almond milk yogurt comes with plant-based proteins and probiotics to support gut health. So let's talk about yogurt and the trend of it works with every diet. Love to hear this. Matt, talk to me.
2: So I I think what's amazing about yogurt is uh, a lot of the current trends you have is high protein or uh, vegan, uh, non-GMO, lower sugar. And Yogurt is, especially, I mean, ours is a plant-based yogurt, so AO yogurt's a plant-based yogurt made out of almonds. We intentionally, one, try to make it, our first goal is to make it taste good. Uh, our second goal is we didn't want to make it something that it's not. You have a lot of products out now that are uh, vegan meats that are lab-grown, things like that. But we really, our intention was, is to make a product that it tastes like almonds. And it's from almonds and it's simple. It doesn't have a lot of fillers, uh, thickeners. It's as simple as you can and you, you, can, you can get to. And you know where it comes from. I mean, all the almonds that go into it, we grow ourselves, they're from our farm. Uh, so I, I guess it, the key with yogurt is, and then also we have the uh, gut health aspect of it. So we have probiotics we've added to it. And when you're looking at it from any diet perspective, it provides protein. It's a lower sugar. It provides good gut health, and it's and it tastes good. So why wouldn't anyone want to try it?
1: Interesting, Matt. Talk to me about vegan to primal. I'm interested in that. I don't know what a primal diet is. Could you educate me, please?
2: So primal diet is more uh, uh, a trend where you're eating a lot of red meat, a lot of protein, and. Mm. Uh, Vegetables as well, and you're getting away from more processed foods. So really, our goal in the in the making the A.O. yogurt was to not be an overly processed food. Uh-huh. Doritos as an example or something like that which I do love but anyway <laughs> <laughs> very addicting but you, you, we were trying to get something that is a very simple back to back to nature a simple approach and you know where it comes from there's not a lot of over processing in it and that's what I kind of mean by the primal primal side. So-
1: So could we say that prediction is the future of yogurt is simplicity and authenticity and honesty, and you should know where it came from and what you're getting to work with your diet? Can we go there?
2: I think simplicity and authenticity. I think authenticity, being a fourth generation family farmer, absolutely, authenticity is a big part of it. So that's really part of our brand and what we hope to be a future trend. I hope authenticity is.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Lori Corbin. You're up next. I'm looking at your prediction. Number one, you say definitively, Lori, from your position as a food expert and a food coach, yogurt will remain a staple in the dairy aisle. Lori, talk to me.
0: Yeah. And it might not be dairy, right, Matt? Um, I think, you know, we watched milk diminish. Uh, When I say that milk, I say cow's milk. You know, we're seeing move over. You know, we're, we're looking at the almond. We're looking at the cashew. We're looking at the oat milk. We're looking at the alternatives. And I think, as I said earlier, I think the consumers are driving this, even though, yes, we have marketers behind those brands. Um, I think people look for something that they believe has a health halo. I think oftentimes yogurt does have a health halo and should not. There's, you know, we can analyze. Uh, every single one of them in the aisle and say, it depends on where you're shopping, You know, maybe if I'm at a Sprouts or a Whole Foods or a uh, you know, Airwan or whatever, I might find better quality, I might find lesser uh, fillers, ingredients, additives, colors, which would be great. Um, I think it's still going to be that little tub that people, they, they put their little halo on, they say, yeah, I'm having this. Well, it could be the one that isn't so healthy, but is it still going to be a presence and a force in as a you know refrigerated food because it's somewhat of a healthy snack in the sense that yes it's got a protein source hopefully decent hopefully decent probiotics I mean you know who knows what made it to your gut you know if we're adding in that's that's something you know if it occur- occurred naturally even better how much did we get of that you know we're not always certain there and certainly the presence of added sugar is diminishing some of the effects of the probiotic which is which is a shame but as far as popularity and I still think that's you know the number one question would it still make you know keep its presence in the aisle I think yes I think it will stay wide hopefully some of the uh, bigger manufacturers will get smart, like when Campbell's had to go to Natural Product Expo and say, okay, finally, we're going to have a non-GMO chicken noodle soup or whatever, or they're going to go organic. They recognize that that's what the consumer is, is crying for. So uh, I'm crossing fingers we get better brands. I can't always say that's going to be, that's going to be the trend, but I still think it will be ever-present.
1: Thank you, Laurie. I have a question for you about taste. You mentioned about sugar, and uh, there was something, a note in the history. I didn't read all of it in the intro because I didn't want to go on and on, but it's fascinating how yogurt came to be, as Matt probably knows from all the countries and diets it was part of before it ever got to the U.S. Uh, Laurie, there was a comment in the history that the original tart flavor of yogurt was not welcomed by the american palate and that's what led to a certain brand that starts with d which was named as the originators it was named after his son it was named after his son and they started putting fruit at the bottom and probably adding that sugar so laurie any comment on the American? you're a a food coach about the american taste buds do we need that sweet do we get used to that Mm, that almost purse your lips like lemon with yogurt what do you think
0: Right. Well, I also think it's the human. I mean, as we know, you know, that proclivity for sweet. I mean, when they give Mm. Coca-Cola to a baby, guess what the baby wants? I mean, you know, we naturally are drawn to something sweet and the sadness is the, uh, elevation of sugar that had occurred in the the yogurt. So you're right. I mean, the original ones that, remember, they came in little glass pots. It was really cool. Um, but, you know, now it is it is a sugar bomb. I mean, most of them, if we had 17 grams out of a cup that was naturally occurring and you're looking at your, your yogurt, and I have to say, I'm, I'm going to mention brands. Nusa was one of my most favorite you know and you know you're looking at 32 grams of sugar okay well there's only 17 that naturally come from this yogurt guess what else we get um, and you know my I wrote them you know had a conversation they were like no we just you know we really this is what the consumer wants you know and of course mm-hmm. they're in it to win it so um, you know the, what, what you do have to applaud is at least they're making small ones if you're going to have that one that's ridiculously high in sugar at least you're getting a smaller amount of it because you're eating a smaller amount of it but um, I think it's 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 hard for palates to reverse back to I love natural peanut butter. I love tea without sugar. But we have seen those metrics change in those foods. I'm just mentioning other foods because we've seen, you know, the iced teas were out of sight with sugar, the, you know, the peanut butters, you know, didn't matter, you know we put sugar in everything. So I think there is an education there. I think consumers are learning. Um, the product has to have the right amount of mouthfeel um, along with the sweet. So if a product could be thick and creamy and maybe have another palate flavor that is not just sweet, then I think it, it w- we'll, we'll see success in that.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Let's move to first prediction from Maria Abraham. Maria says, "I believe we'll see yogurt becoming packaged as more of a grab-and-go meal feature as people are looking for protein-rich, meatless alternatives." Interesting, Maria. Talk to
3: us. Well, I think um, you know we're, we've seen yogurt packaged as a snack. We've seen it packaged as a as a dessert. Um, I think that there is a huge opportunity to see it more as a main feature, almost like you would like an acai bowl. Um, But again, controlling the sugar, and I wholeheartedly agree with Lori. um, A lot of my book talks about your taste buds and how we have to retrain our taste buds to a large extent in order to um, appreciate bitter, sour, and umami flavors. And unfortunately, a lot of the Companies out there that are packaging products know that we're gripped by sweet and salty. So um, I think a smart, a smart opportunity would be really making it a feature. And um, it's, it can be a great source of protein and good probiotic richness. You know, when you have plain yogurt that's fermented, um, a lot of the lactose that occurs naturally is actually digested. Um, by the enzymes and, and the bacteria. So it really diminishes the sugar content. So if you're not adding sugar, it's such a powerful, great source of nutrition. And so um, I, you know, I know growing up, in, in again, in Egypt, like yogurt is a meal. Yogurt is usually like the lunchtime meal happens like around two o'clock and that's the biggest meal of the day. But then in the evening, Mm -hmm. we often eat yogurt, and we'll have a plain Greek yogurt, and people love the tang. Um, They'll have Mm -hmm. it with you know some vegetables, cucumbers, um, things of that nature, and that's a meal. So I think there's a huge opportunity there, and I think as the plant-based revolution really does take hold, and it's not just you know for an exclusive population, uh, percentage of the population, people are embracing it as part of their lifestyle, whether they're omnivores or not. Um, I think we can explore that inexpensive, rich source of protein, which is yogurt, in a more profound mealtime way.
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting. Let's move on, Bernadette. Judge, number one prediction, the rise, she predicts the rise in non-dairy probiotic yogurt formulas. Talk to me, non-dairy.
4: So... I think we're going to see a huge rise because lactose intolerance or allergies are they're still relevant, but they're kind of a thing of the past. Uh, people are becoming more health conscious. They're more aware of things that are going into their dairy products like hormones, antibiotics, pesticides. So they're moving to a plant-based diet and they want a more clean product. but you know, they're used to eating yogurt. They like yogurt, they like the taste. But now they're going to push manufacturers to making it without the dairy. Um, they want something that's more healthy for them and their children. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a huge rise in non dairy yogurt.
1: Thank you, Bernadette. Good prediction. Let's start round number two. Matt Billings, prediction number two. He says, stimulated by innovations in flavored yogurt varieties, global non-dairy yogurt market is set for an upward growth trend over the course of the next decade, expected to reach U.S. $10 billion mark by 2029. That's less than nine years away. Non-dairy yogurt market will be primarily driven by a rise in the inclination toward the consumption of plant-based products. Uh, Would you like to add, because we've been talking about non-dairy for a while. So Matt, you want to add something about this trend?
2: No, I think if you just look at the current trend that's happened, I mean, look look at almond milk over the last 10 years and 10 years ago really didn't even exist. And now it's scaring a lot of the dairy farmers to an extent and and it's not necessarily people that are just drinking it because uh it's an alternative or uh, that they want to have non-dairy milk a lot of people like the flavor of it better and and i see similar trends in yogurt um uh, it's just kind of a natural extension in my mind uh, that the yogurt trend will continue on with the uh the milk trend and and a, a lot of as as the population of the world grows, and we're going to approach 10 billion people at some point here in the not too distant future, it's going to be more difficult, I think, for a lot of people to grow uh, uh, animal-based proteins. So a lot of the world will need to move into plant-based proteins to to get the protein that the world needs that people need to survive.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thanks for the trends. Thank you for the numbers. Lori Corbin, prediction number two, nut and alternative products will begin to increase in popularity. How does this relate to the yogurt market? Ms. Corbin.
0: Well, I actually do. I agree with Matt. I think, I think, you know, growing a cow is, you know, you know, the poor, you know, animal industry is being beaten to death. I mean, there's always that war right now between, uh, vegan people and the keto people and a lot of people high on animal products, but we're also looking at planetary concerns. So, uh, it is a little bit more, uh, climate change oriented to go with more, um, Vegetable alternatives. I, I think the quality, when I say quality, texture is so important in a, a topper of yogurt. And, you know, if you're getting something thick, um, some of the ones that use, uh, you know, inulin, which you know, I'm not disrespecting anybody formulating a yogurt because I don't make it myself. I tried. I bought a yogurt maker. I failed <laughs> miserably. Um, but the, you know, that kind of runny or, you know, whatever. Sometimes you'll get a soy based one. Hey, I'd love to be the cheerleader for the soy yogurt, you know, if it was organic and done well. Um you know, same way with almond now, Matt, I've not had your yogurt, should have sent it, you know, come on.
1: Yeah, we should have had a um, case in all of our mailboxes.
2: Right, right. Um, Give me your addresses.
0: (laughs) Almond, Almond okay. the milk, you know, in the dairy case is, is like blue water to me, you know, it's not thick enough. It's not creamy enough. So, you know, to me, I'm looking at, I want, um, I want that quality and that thickness uh, that we would get if we were, you know, making it up right off the farm, I guess, so to speak. So I think it's still going that direction. I don't know how successful some of these brands will be. I'm sure they're trying to work on it kind of like a veggie burger. You know, it takes a long time to develop something that offers, you know, the taste, the Texture, the appearance, the mouthfeel.
2: So, um, everything. But, yeah. Bonnie, can I jump in real quick? Sure, please. On? Go ahead, Matt. I, th- I think one of the things, Lori, that I almond milk does a lot of times get a bad rap or almond yogurts because it has very little almonds in it. And ours yeah. is coming from the farm, and each cup of ours has 20 almonds in it. So I yeah. think that makes a pretty big difference. 20 almonds is just shy of an ounce of almonds per cup. So.
0: What's the percentage uh, you know I know with milk it's like 1% almond milk 1% almond Ours is is that is
2: probably in the 15% range
0: Yeah I'll try yeah I'll be good
2: So that I think that, that's and that really does change the uh, texture and the the creaminess of it
0: Yeah okay
2: Sorry Where, what what's your sugar what do you what do you use uh, the sugar is only comes from the fruit so we do not add any other sugar into it and uh-huh. uh, we are going to be coming out with a plain yogurt with no fruit. So it'd be zero sugar.
0: Yeah. Are but you, we're one uh, of the
2: lower, lower non-dairy yogurts as far as sugar. I think we are the lowest.
0: And so is your fiber content higher because you're using almonds or?
2: Our, our fiber is really high. Correct. Yeah. Now we're using almonds and oat fiber.
0: Got you. Cool. Matt, you're going to
1: get a lot of addresses by email after Dang the show, it. at least
2: from, <laughs> Please, the, four, from
1: the, the three of us, one, two, three, four of us, to uh, to have some yogurt delivered. I would love to try it as well. Let's go to Maria Abraham, prediction number two, and I have a comment after you, you comment, Maria. This is near and dear to me. She says, we will very likely see more yogurt packaged in glass in the European tradition for packaging appeal and to elevate the category with more high-end products. Maria, interesting. What do you see?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think we're seeing it already um, and some of the major brands are doing it. Um, I think just like, you know, look in the meat department. I mean, you you have to elevate with the way you present a consistent product in order to attract that savvy audience. And I think um, just from an environmental standpoint, glasses, you know, the perception around glasses, it's better for the environment, bpa free. Um, and it allows you to see what's inside. People want to see, I mean, transparency is really important more than ever, but literal transparency where I can see the fruit, I can see the product, I can see the thickness or some perception of thickness. Um, And it looks more elegant, to be honest. I think for the savvier, um, you know, trend-setting consumer to pull out a, a product that's packaged in glass just looks nicer. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Thank you. I have
1: a story to tell. I don't know how I got introduced to the French yogurt with the three-letter name that is the French word for yes, it's we, mm-hmm. and it comes in a glass jar. And when I moved here to North Carolina to Durham a couple of years ago, I'm not sure how I had my first glass of we, but I really liked it. So I searched in the dairy case in my local, what was it, uh, Harris Teeter Shopping uh, Supermarket, and they were offering them in a to four together or two together, covered with a little cardboard container mat so that when you picked it up, you weren't picking up one glass jar, but you could buy four or two and lots of flavors. And I started buying it a lot. Before I knew it, I had a collection of about 25 glass jars and I thought, what am I going to do with them? So I put them in my pantry closet and I stacked a whole bunch of them and they kind of clink around. They take up a lot of room. Well, six months ago, I started painting because what am I going to do at night with Corona? I can't go anywhere. Four months ago, I used them as little glass jars for water to dip my paintbrushes in and I sometimes indulge in a food that starts with B and ends with N and has a C in the middle with my scrambled eggs for lunch. And you want to pour the fat out of the pan and not down the sink and not in the garbage. So I keep a little jar for the B blank blank, C blank blank, and grease that comes out of the, out of, and I put it in there and let it solidify. And then I am able to put it in something. So I am in love with the glass jars, <laughs> Maria. They, they have added quality of life. I use them to put little things in, like some. Sometimes paper clips or some spare push pins or whatever I don't want to keep in the packaging. So they have become part of my my life, part of my home, the glass jars. So I love what you said about the elegance and you can see what's in them, but they have it after. That's a, It's a byproduct. Maria, do you, you see this too?
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, anytime we can reuse something, it's a good thing. Um I think you know there's also something to be said about the taste of something that's packaged in glass. It just yes. tastes different. It holds the product different. Um you know it allows it, it kind of preserves almost the fat of the product in a different way than plastic does. So when you're looking again like if if you are plant-based and I think for Matt you know certainly a plant-based yogurt could be packaged in glass of course it could. But when you look at something that um, becomes like your primary source of nutrition and protein, then it's like, I want to elevate, you know, I'm not spending money on a $20 tenderloin, you know, I want a good quality yogurt instead. So I think there's an opportunity there for, you know, even more elevation and maybe a glass series where people keep those glasses And then they use them for drinking glasses. Hey, we just gave somebody a new marketing idea.
1: There you go. Matt's listening. He's taking notes, I can see. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Bernadette. Prediction number two, mainstream companies will be challenged to produce more quality products, increase cell counts in formulas. How
4: does this relate to the future of yogurt? Bernadette. I think definitely mainstream companies will be challenged to produce better quality products. They're People are going to want more protein, less sugar, a higher count in probiotics. I think they'll have to invest some time in researching the different strains to get the, the cell counts for the probiotics correct. Um, there's a lot of research out right now with the benefits of probiotics, especially with different autoimmune diseases, skin disease. Eczema is a huge childhood rash that people get, and um, I recently just read a study where they were giving pregnant women probiotics during pregnancy, and the main source of it was yogurt because it was easy to take down. It didn't upset their stomach, and the children had less chances of getting eczema, getting atopical dermatitis after the fact, so I definitely think companies will have to step up a notch to to keep competing with each other and maybe start having formulas that are a little bit more specific to health concerns. Thank you very much. Good
1: prediction. Uh, What I want to do now is I'm going to run through one more prediction from each of you and then I want to wrap up and I want to talk about technology, which is the title of the show, Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. So I want to talk about where tech comes into all of this. We have talked about the qualities of yogurt and the probiotics and less sugar and plant-based and packaging, but I want to talk about tech. So I'm going to ask each of you for a little overview of where you think tech comes in, and we will start with Matt. But, Matt, let's just quickly run through one more prediction each. Matt's number three prediction is people want to know where their food comes from, and taste will always win out. Matt, talk, please.
2: I think that's that's pretty self-explanatory, actually. Uh, farmer's markets is a perfect example. People love mm-hmm. going to farmer's markets and meeting the person they're buying their vegetables from or their meat or what, what, what eggs. Uh, it's the same, I think, with a trend that will probably keep growing in um, regular grocery stores, Costco's, things like that. So that's one of the things that really drove us to make this brand. One, I'm here. I'm actually wearing boots, so I still mm-hmm. farm every day. And uh, they kind of remind me I'm a farmer. I'm tied to the land. And uh, as far as taste, that's, I think, probably the biggest reason I did I showed the Julia Childs quote. I mean, she's proof that in the 1960s, the majority of people were probably eating TV dinners. And she changed an entire nation's eating habits to uh, more French-style food. Uh, uh, eating habits. So one person can make a change. So I think you have, you know where your food comes from, you know, it comes from a farm. It's someone that actually cares. It's transparent throughout the whole process. And two, it tastes good. And it's good for you. Actually, that'd probably be the third edition.
1: And and Matt, we all know that blockchain has gained in popularity as far as the provenance of food, everything from wine to gems to anything you could imagine. But there are companies that are using blockchain to show to their consumers uh, fish companies are using it, where was the fish? raised? Where was it caught? Who handled it? How did it come into a production cycle? Who who packaged it? Who, who filleted, if you will? Who put it in a package? How long has it been sitting somewhere? How was it transported? How did it get to the store? So you're right. People want to know the origin and the authenticity, and it's a safety issue. I also think there's a fascination with I know where that product came from. I think it's part of, we love storytelling, right, Lori? Everybody loves storytelling today, especially with food. Lori, let's look at your, I'm looking at your prediction number four, Lori, because we've talked about too much sugar before. For prediction number four, Lori says full fat yogurt will start increasing in popularity. Talk to me.
0: Um, yeah, and I'm sure Bernadette can speak to this. There, I mean, it's interesting when we had the low-fat revolution, you know, sugar busters and all that. Well, first it was, you know, how the process went. You know, we were saying fat was the enemy, and, and we, you know, took all the carbohydrate. Well, we we replaced fat with sugar and made it more of a higher carbohydrate food, which was which is kind of a shame when they when they do. And studies can be made out of everything. We know we can we can all sway things different way. But it, but what it appears what we appear to see in in at least some decent research is that when someone eats a food as it was created and intended as in full fat not removing um their digestion is the, the product is more ad- absorbable, and the body reads it uh, better. So it knows what to do with that fat. And and it, it provided it was a healthy source, which we're going to you know cross fingers that this is a organic or non GMO or grass fed animal. Then this this could be a better fat for you. Probably a good argument for why you would use an alternative like almonds, Matt. I'm assuming. But um, this is something that we we are actually seeing in the aisle as far as people are going back to uh, full-fatted ice creams, real cheeses, and it seems counterintuitive because we're still uh, the highest, you know, we're still the fattest nation in the country or in the world. But, you know, it's it's when people eat something as it is intended, often we have less problems with our hunger and we are more um, inclined to your Again, the body goes, hey, I know what to do with this. So most, you know, if you have not taken a product and adulterated it, you're going to get the best out of it. So uh, that is why I said that. I think we've, we're seeing it now in the store. I think we're seeing, you know, not just low-fat organic cottage cheese or yogurt. We're seeing full-fatted and same way with the milk. Um, and, yes, I did want to – I wanted to jump in when we were talking about plastics yes, because please. we're talking about trends. Let's just talk health for a moment. You know, they're they're looking at soil and know we have plastic so you know, there's obviously like plastic in the ocean the size of a country. I mean, we have plastic now in our soil. Um, when they're when they're doing analysis of, of certain situations, we're finding that the the plastics are in indeed almost everything. So the less amount of plastic hopefully we will start to see um, I love glass I think that's a great idea I, I think probably you know is bamboo prohibitive I don't know things we can reuse recycle obviously great but um, yeah this plastic stuff is uh, really scary I mean you know even from the point of uh, wrapping your uh, you know your watermelon in it you know like you know saran and whatever not saran but you know some sort of plastic wrap so uh, when we talked about that I think Maria is on point I think that was is something that hopefully we all know what we need but do we get what we need not always but um i'm hoping you know is there a buyback program just like we used to you know make glass so profitable that people want to return it you know really great idea
1: Thank you, Laurie. Glad I saw your note about wanting to jump in on that. Sorry for the delay there. Let's see if we can cover two very brief extra predictions, and then we'll go around the table for just 60 seconds each. We're almost out of time with where technology fits into this whole process. So, uh, Morea, I'm looking at your prediction number three. Let's just talk about lactose-free options, including sheep and goat's milk. Quickly, uh, why don't you just take about 60 seconds for this, Morea?
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's certainly an opportunity for all kinds of dairy-free, like how dairy-free options. I think sheep and goat milk can give you that thickness and texture that people are looking for with a yogurt. Um, so it's a great option for an alternative and easy, much easier to, to yield, um, you know, to, to raise those pasture-raised animals in a sustainable way.
1: Thank you very much. And Bernadette, I'm going to cover one more of yours. You say probiotic education will increase and make us more aware of it. Bernadette, 60 seconds, please. What do you see?
4: Um, I think everybody's starting to realize the importance of gut health. And when you think of gut health, you think of probiotics. And prebiotics is kind of like probiotics cousins, they hang out. So, with more research being done on prebiotics, we're seeing how beneficial they are, especially in weight loss. And it's everyone's main concern. How can I lose a couple pounds? So I think you'll see a huge increase in prebiotics, especially because it doesn't have to be live to get the benefits also. Thank you
1: very much. Let's go around the table, 60 seconds each. And on my business roundtable shows, I use this for the crystal ball prediction round, but we've been doing predictions for the whole show. So let's talk just briefly about technology. Where does tech come into this? Matt, you're the farmer, the producer here on the panel of a yogurt product tech. Are you using it? Where do you see it coming in? And then quickly we'll go to Lori Morea and Bernadette and then I'll thank you all. Matt, what do you see? Where's tech?
2: Uh, I probably see the tech most on the farming side. From when I started 25 years ago, it was uh, irrigation was very inefficient. Uh, a lot more pesticides were being used. And uh, there's a, so much technology that's coming out now from uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, drones, uh, more efficient irrigation, sampling of trees to know nutrition. So you're utilizing your resources better and providing a more nutritious, healthier product in the
1: end. Thank you. Laurie, one sentence on technology. I
0: would say there's a man you might all want to watch in terms of technology, supermarket guru Phil Lempert. He looks at all of the area of the grocery store and he's just saying, you know, the people in the market are getting 1% profit they're not doing well they're doing anything they can to make us buy better so we're looking at half the people loving the farmer's market type and we're going to look at the half of the other population at brands they know best like big grocer like far you know kellogg you know adm and whatever so i think we're just going to always still have to be careful here Um, i'm sure farmers like matt and manufacturers are going to do the best they can Thank
1: you very much. Maria, one sentence. We're out of time.
3: Localized technology. I want that glass yogurt Mm -hmm. delivered to my doorstep like the milkman did.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Sorry, Bernadette, one sentence. Um, I think technology is going to affect the startup cultures for yogurt. We're going to have cleaner, better um, uh, cultures. Coming out. Thank you very much.
1: And we had a great culture here on the show today. I want to thank Jesse Danielle Kopach. Kopach. Somebody tell me how to pronounce your last name. Jesse, thank you so much. You brought me a wonderful panel. I want to thank Matt Billings. We're so honored to have you. Lori Corbin, thank you for taking time out of your busy broadcast schedule. Maria Abraham, such a pleasure. And Bernadette Judge, thank you for the RN medical perspective on this. A shout out to Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, Voice America, the business channel, for getting us on the air and keeping us there, and Ryan Treasure, the one and only, who is my good pal, my tech guru, and my co-producer on the show, Bonnie D. Graham signing off, and here's my call to action, technology revolution. If somebody tells you that the future is already here, say, ah, 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 that was yesterday's future. We're all here making today's future right now. Matt's smiling, Lori's smiling, Maria's smiling, and Bernadette's smiling. Everybody wave goodbye. Thanks so much. Take Bye care. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and be well. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks.